Welcome to this introductory training session in advance of the 2019 FARP Effective Food Allergy Management Workshop. We're looking forward to seeing all of you in Chicago. Our workshop program this year is full of informative, innovative, and exciting new sessions, so we've designed this online training module to give you the background information you'll need to make the most of your time at the workshop. We split the online training into two modules. This module will cover how we define different types of reactions to foods and the mechanisms behind them. The second module will discuss the causes and management of food allergies. All right, let's get going. Since you've signed up for a food allergen management training course, it's pretty clear that food allergy concerns are important for some part of your role within your company. But let's take a minute to think about the different impacts of food allergies on the food industry. One of the most important concerns for the food industry is that undeclared food allergens can pose serious and even life-threatening risks to allergic consumers. In addition to health risks, undeclared food allergens can pose regulatory and business risks. Undeclared food allergens are one of the most common reasons for food recalls, and allergens are a key hazard for food safety plans under the Food Safety Modernization Act. Product recalls themselves are obviously very costly, but they can also result in damage to brand image and loss of key customers. Over the past 15 to 20 years, there has been an increasing amount of attention paid to food allergies by the food industry and government regulators, as well as by the public. So why are food allergies now in the spotlight? First, there is some evidence to indicate that the prevalence of food allergies has been increasing in developed countries. In addition, there is increased consumer awareness of what food allergies are and how severe food allergic reactions can be. Physicians and researchers have known for a long time that allergic reactions to foods can be severe and even fatal. Throughout the years, fatal food allergic reactions have been documented in scientific journals. In recent years, deaths caused by allergic reactions to foods have also been receiving more attention in the press and on social media. This type of coverage has raised public awareness of the potential seriousness of food allergies. Not only are consumers taking food allergies seriously, so are regulators and food manufacturers. Notably, food allergen recalls have continued to increase over the past two decades. For both FDA and USDA-regulated food products, there have been sustained trends of growing numbers of product recalls due to undeclared allergens. So, what can the food industry do to prevent product recalls and adverse health outcomes for allergic consumers? Well, it starts here with training programs to raise awareness of this important issue among members of the food industry and educate stakeholders about food allergies and food allergen management. The development and implementation of effective food allergen control programs by food manufacturers is also another key factor for enhancing allergen management. We hope that this online program and accompanying workshop will give you the knowledge and tools you need to carry out this in your own companies. Let's begin with some of the most basic information. What exactly is a food allergy anyway, and how do food allergies work inside the body? When we think about different types of adverse reactions to foods, we can categorize the reactions that occur in some people, such as allergic reactions, separately from those that would affect all individuals, such as toxin-mediated reactions. For reactions that only occur in some people, the term food sensitivities can be used to describe this broad category of individualistic adverse reactions to foods. Food sensitivities can be further classified as either food allergies, which are mediated by the immune system, or food intolerances, which do not involve the immune system. 
Our main focus for this module will be on food allergies, but first we'll give a couple of examples of food intolerances, mostly so that you know what is not classified as a food allergy. Two main types of food intolerances are metabolic food disorders and idiosyncratic reactions. First, let's look at metabolic food disorders. Metabolic food disorders are the result of some type of genetically inherited deficiency, which impacts the ability to metabolize foods in a couple of different ways. The deficiency may lead to an individual being unable to metabolize a particular food compound, or the deficiency may cause a specific food component to have an unusual effect on a critical metabolic process. One of the most well-known examples of a metabolic food disorder is lactose intolerance. As the name suggests, lactose intolerance stems from the inability to metabolize lactose. This is due to a deficiency of an intestinal enzyme known as beta-galactosidase, also known as lactase. If we look at the structure of lactose, which is a sugar found in milk, we can see that it is made up of galactose and glucose linked by a beta-1,4 bond. In order for our bodies to absorb lactose, it first must be broken down into galactose and glucose, which is done by the beta-galactosidase enzyme. If lactose is not broken down in the small intestine, it continues through the gastrointestinal tract, where it is eventually fermented by our gut microbiota. This fermentation creates gas, which leads to the hallmark symptoms of lactose intolerance, namely abdominal pain, flatulence, and diarrhea. Nearly all infants are born with the ability to digest lactose, but as some people age, the amount of lactase produced decreases, leading to lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance is quite common on a global scale and can even affect 60 to 90% of individuals in some ethnic groups, such as people of East Asian descent. Individuals with lactose intolerance have several different options to prevent symptoms. They can exclude dairy products altogether. They can consume dairy products with lower levels of lactose, such as cheese and yogurt. They can consume smaller doses of dairy products. Or they can consume lactose hydrolyzed milk products. Now let's look at the second category of food intolerances, idiosyncratic reactions. These are adverse reactions to foods in certain individuals that occur reproducibly, but through unknown biological mechanisms. One of the prime examples of an idiosyncratic reaction is sulfite-induced asthma. Sulfites can be found in foods in a number of different forms, including sulfur dioxide or one of several inorganic salts. Sulfites can occur naturally in foods, but are also commonly added as a functional ingredient to prevent browning or serve as an antimicrobial agent. However, sulfites can also induce asthmatic reactions in a proportion of the asthmatic population. While the mechanism for this reaction remains unclear and reactions can vary among individuals, these reactions do occur in certain individuals and can be very serious. Therefore, the FDA requires food products with greater than 10 parts per million sulfite to be labeled as containing sulfites. Now that we've discussed food intolerances, let's get back to our main focus, food allergies. Within this group of conditions that involve the immune system, there are two distinct types of food allergies. IgE-mediated food allergies, which can also be described as immediate hypersensitivities, and cell-mediated allergies, which can be described as delayed hypersensitivities. Let's start by discussing a well-known cell-mediated allergy, celiac disease. 
Celiac disease is a condition associated with the consumption of gluten-containing grains, which include wheat, rye, barley, and their hybrids. Gluten is actually a group of proteins that contains both gliadin and glutalin fractions. In food products, the gliadin and glutalin fractions interact to form a gluten network, which provides the functionality to various types of baked goods. Individuals with celiac disease experience a delayed reaction with symptoms occurring 24 to 72 hours after ingestion of gluten-containing products. Celiac disease involves a particular group of immune cells known as T-cells. In people with celiac disease, a T-cell immune-mediated mechanism leads to inflammation of the small intestine when gluten is consumed. This inflammation leads to the loss of the natural absorptive capacity of the gut. The image on the right shows a biopsy from the small intestine of a healthy individual. You can see the finger-like structures that make up the small intestine barrier. The large surface area of these structures allows lots of different nutrients in our diet to be absorbed efficiently by the small intestine. In the image of the biopsy from an individual with celiac disease, you can see that those finger-like structures have disappeared. This flattening of the small intestine structure is due to the inflammation that occurs in celiac disease. With those finger-like structures gone, there's much less surface area to absorb keen nutrients from the diet. The symptoms observed with celiac disease are often due to this decrease in absorptive capacity, including diarrhea, anemia, bone pain, failure to thrive in children, and weight loss in adults. Currently, the only treatment for celiac disease is an avoidance diet that eliminates gluten. Celiac disease affects at least one in every 2,000 people in the U.S. and as many as one in every 133 people. One celiac disease consumer organization estimates that 3 million Americans have celiac disease. There are certain people who are genetically predisposed to developing celiac disease, but not everyone with the genetic marker will develop the disease. The reasons why celiac disease develops in certain individuals remains largely unknown. So far, we've covered food intolerances and cell-mediated allergies, which brings us to what is arguably the most important food safety concern, IgE-mediated food allergies. IgE-mediated food allergies are also sometimes referred to as true food allergies. Reactions due to an IgE-mediated food allergy occur very rapidly after contact with or consumption of the food in question. In this type of allergy, a particular type of antibody known as immunoglobulin E, or IgE, is responsible for the allergic reactions. There are two distinct phases in, involved in developing an IgE-mediated food allergy and having a reaction. The first is the sensitization phase, and the second is the elicitation phase. In order to develop an IgE-mediated food allergy, an individual must first be sensitized to specific proteins from that food. When an individual encounters a particular food allergen, their immune system may, for some unknown reasons, develop IgE antibodies that specifically recognize the food protein allergen. Those IgE antibodies then get attached to the surface of specific types of immune cells, either mast cells or basophils. Once IgE is bound to the surface of these cells, the individual is sensitized to the food. When a sensitized individual is exposed to that food again, they may experience a reaction. The reaction occurs when the specific food protein allergen crosslinks two IgE molecules on the surface of the mast cell or basophil. When the IgE are crosslinked, it causes the cell to release its contents, a process known as degranulation. 
The contents of the cell includes a number of different allergic mediator molecules, such as histamine. When these molecules are released into the tissue or blood, allergic symptoms occur. Allergic reactions to foods can include a wide variety of different symptoms involving a number of different organ systems. Gastrointestinal symptoms, such as nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain can occur. Cutaneous or skin symptoms also occur quite frequently, including hives and swelling. Symptoms involving the respiratory system can range from more mild symptoms, such as a runny nose, to very serious symptoms, such as throat swelling or asthma. The most serious category of symptoms are those that are systemic in nature and involve the cardiac system, including anaphylactic shock. Anaphylactic shock is a generalized shock reaction that can involve multiple organ systems, a loss of blood pressure, and cardiac arrhythmia. Anaphylaxis can be fatal if not treated immediately. The only effective emergency treatment for food-induced anaphylaxis is epinephrine. Epinephrine is available in auto-injector form so that individuals with severe food allergies can receive epinephrine as soon as a reaction occurs. Epinephrine is a life-saving drug used in emergency situations, but individuals will also need additional medical treatment after administration, and even repeated doses of epinephrine are not effective in some cases. That's all for this module. In the next module, we'll talk about what foods and food components cause food allergies and how individuals and families manage food allergies.